Insurance 911 with John Irwin, your insurance claim specialist. When disaster strikes, are you securely covered? Let John help you weather the storm. And now, here's your host, John Irwin. Good afternoon, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, guess what? We're back on the air again. And in the studio with me today is, of course, my longtime friend and co-host, Mr. Dave Custable. Dave, how are you today? Good. Good to see you all again. Hey, I heard we had yeah. a face for radio, so here we are. Hey, 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 yeah, we, 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 uh, we're back with our original producer, Mr. Kevin Ebley. Kevin, how are you? Uh, hello, gentlemen. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, yeah. Good to Nobody see you guys in the studio again, man. Face, Kev. We need to get a camera on you too. You, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix that. I'm gonna make sure and get. Uh, I'll, I'll hook I up another camera one, next time. I could just, I could donate it to the cause. <laughs> I was, I was trying to avoid having to be on camera, but if you guys insist, <laughs> I will join you. Ah, <laughs> uh, gee, but boy, day, boy, a whole year, a whole year, we've been off. We have. And there has been a lot of activity going on over the past 12 months. There has been a tremendous amount of activity that we need to let our consumers, building owners, know of what's going on. Wow, this is true. We haven't forgot about y'all. That There's no doubt about that. We have not forgot about our Texas consumers. And uh, because it's very important uh, for all of us here, uh, consumers, to understand the do's and don'ts about filing an insurance claim as well as helping the consumer understand the knowns and unknowns of their insurance policy. And, of course, that is what we're going to start today's show off with, discussing the do's and don'ts of filing an insurance claim as well as helping you get through the process safely without any harm. And, uh, Dave, you have put in a lot on this as well. And uh, I know that uh, Ms. Karen Ainsley, uh, attorney for the uh, North Texas Roofing Contractors Association, has also put in a great deal of time and and trying to protect the consumers and uh, and the contractors as well, and uh, to to make sure that everything is in compliance with Texas law because there has been a lot of changes in Texas laws. Yep. Well. What we want to do is we want to educate consumers, people that own properties, houses, duplexes, commercial buildings, strip centers, when, in fact, there's uh, an insurance claim to be made. In other words, there was some kind of damage that would be covered under their policy, and they have insurance company come out. And there is a prefla of issues that can go on with it. So... In this triangle of insurance claim, you have your contractor, general contractor, ripping contractor, what have you. Then you also have the public adjuster and the and the attorneys that work with the public adjusters. And then, of course, you have the independent adjuster or the actual uh, insurance company's adjusters, right? All right. So let's let's start with some definitions. Who does what, John? And so. Hmm. Can you explain uh, the public adjuster and the attorney side? Who do you guys represent? What do you guys do for these folks to know? Well, the public insurance adjuster only works for the uh, insured themselves. <clears throat> that is part of Texas law that we work only for the insured. Uh, we're not allowed to work for the contractor. We're not allowed to take any money from the contractor or anyone else other than the insured that has the loss. Uh, independent adjusters are the uh, better, uh, it could be staff adjusters, but the independent adjusters and staff adjusters are 
adjusters for the insurance carriers, and they come out and they uh, work uh, in the capacity of of making sure that the insurer uh, uh, policy is is thoroughly covered, and uh, to make sure that the damages are addressed, and uh, that is the job of the uh, independent adjuster or staff adjuster. Now. Uh, Texas law has recently changed as of September of 2017, and uh, before the law changed, uh, litigation was very prevalent uh, on the terms of bad faith or conditions of bad faith, unfair claim settlement practices. So uh, in the September 2017 legislative uh, uh, session, the, the bill went into effect in September, and uh, now... If we have an issue on a property loss, we have to give the carrier 60 days to make the wrong right. So uh, we are still, all of us involved, from a public insurance adjuster to the uh, first-party plaintiff attorney, we are in the uh, battle to protect the Texas consumer. Uh, the insurance adjuster, staff adjusters, of course, are... Uh, looking out to protect the interest of the insurer or the insurance carrier. So pretty much it. And what about the independent adjusters and the uh, claims adjusters? Well, the independent adjusters, uh, they, they represent the carrier themselves uh, as well. Um, only the public insurance adjuster, there, there's actually three people that can uh, discuss uh, insurance policy and, and legalities of a, of a loss. And that is, first off, of course, the Texas consumer, or better known as the insured. Uh, number two would be the public insurance adjuster licensed by the state of Texas, also has to have a surety bond in place in order to, to have that license. And then, of course, third and last uh, is the attorneys. Those are the only uh, three people that can actually discuss uh, legalities of an insurance loss as well as the insurance policy itself. Okay, so that leaves the contractor uh, as the third part of the whole uh, triangle. And the contractor, roofing contractor, general contractor, uh, what they're responsible to do is the actual construction, whether it is to rebuild or repair uh, and work with the property owner on getting back to what they were before the loss or identify what the loss is. And so where the whole issue is coming in now is that no longer under the law that has been passed in September of 2013, in Texas anyway, that the contractor can act as a public adjuster or an attorney. In other words, they can't do an assignment of benefits. A contractor can't negotiate and discuss the claim, correct? Yep. And uh, it's caused some some real problems. So Karen Ensley, an attorney that works with the North Texas Roofing Contractors Association, put together a list of do's and don'ts. And we can go over what those are as well. I think that would be a good thing, Dave. Yeah, I, I think that would. We could put up on the screen, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Oh, which one is that? Sorry, I'm kind of winging in here. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what you're talking about, right? We're going to talk about the, the cans and cannots and the do's and... Do not. There yep, you go. Yep. So Texas law does not allow a roofing contractor to act as a public insurance adjuster without a license or advertise to adjust or uh, or adjust a claim for any property for which the contractor is providing or may provide roofing services. Well, I believe that that would be a conflict of interest. Um, 
it's nothing new here amongst you and I and, and those that are listening now to some of those uh, that are new to Insurance 911. It could be a little bit different because as a general contractor, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I think we all are guilty of it, not, not the insurance fraud part, but meeting with the insurance companies, meeting with the adjusters, meeting with, with their representatives to, to negotiate and settle an insurance claim. And unfortunately, uh, back in the days, it was not as, uh, uh, had as much attention as it does now. Mm -hmm. And the reason it has so much attention now is because there is so much that the carrier has been paying that they... Well, there's um, been abuse. There's been abuse on all sides. Yeah, and, and There it is. So what we're doing today, it, legitimate roofing contractors know this and understand it. Dave, Dave Custable with Trivan Roofing. Well, what is a legitimate home. contractor? That, that's right. what we need to share with them. We need to share that. Th this is to help the property owner understand the old days of, hi, uh, my name's Dave, and I'll work with your insurance company, and I'll settle this claim for you is over. Would you like a free roof? Yeah, the free roof, the waive the deductible, it's the start of fraud. Um, you know, I have been been on active with the Ripping Contractors Association of Texas. I'm on their board, been a past president of North Texas Ripping Contractors Association. So I see a lot of what is going on throughout our state. And the purpose of what we're doing is, is in this podcast is to educate property owners so they can actually get the full amount of value for repairs due to damage from storms that their policy would be eligible to pay. That That's the whole thing. Because what's happening is in this little triangle is the, the property owner in the middle of it is the one getting screwed. They're the ones, and they think that it's okay that their contractor is going to take care of it, and, and they can't. They can't if the insurance company comes out and denies the claim, and you have a reinspect, and they come out, and they still say no when you know legitimately there is storm-related damage. Then there's a process that has to go through, and if we educate up front, it will make it easier for the contractor it will make it a lot easier for the public adjuster. And I think it will settle the claims a lot quicker because what we're experiencing is the insurance companies delay it after they've denied it, and they just continue to string it out. Well, <clears throat> a couple of things I'd like to talk about, but the, the last what you just meant, I, I've never seen it so prevalent now is the, the denying or, or underpayment of a claim. It, it's just, it's really gotten too far out of hand. And, of course, we've always had discussions on the show about once they took the checkbook away from the adjuster, uh, then that's when the issues really started taking place. Well, so to elaborate on that a little a little further, it is, it is widely known now that uh, insurance adjusters are going to deny the claim before they even get in their car to drive out to look at the property. For whatever reason, that's it. So what's happened? So legislation a couple of years ago, put restrictions and requirements on attorneys that were insurance um, right defending attorneys. Mm -hmm. They put they put restrictions on them, making it less attractive for them to want to work insurance claims. Then the last session, that was the public adjusters. You you guys had gotten some real requirements on it. 
Now, because roofing contractors, general contractors, heck, even foundation companies are not licensed or restricted in any way in the state of Texas. It's come and go. So when a storm happens, you see so many roofers that were painters, landscapers, real estate agents. Everybody is now in the roofing business. And the, and the issue with that is it's not that easy to take a highly skilled trade like roofing, one of the most dangerous trades like roofing, mm-hmm. and go out and start to pretend that you know what is in the best interest of rebuilding uh a roof, inside damage, what have you related to a storm? Oh, yeah, because it's a lot more than just felt paper and shingles. Right. So assignment of benefits is no longer legal. Uh, Acting as a public adjuster is not only now illegal, but action is being taken against roofing contractors. Matter Uh, of fact, since you mentioned that, mm -hmm. uh, our new Texas Department of Insurance commissioner recently, I'd say within the last two weeks, uh, handed out a couple of cease and desist order to some pretty uh, big reputable roofing contractors with some or fines. company with some fines, dollar fines that went along with it. Uh, so it's being taken very seriously. We're hoping in this legislation that there will be from input from roofing contractors and through our state roofing contractors association uh, some endorsements or licensing uh, going forward. So that that gets tidied up. But here's the deal. So attorneys have now gone through legislation and and have been restricted. Public adjusters have now gone through, been restricted. Roofing companies hopefully will go through it. But what's the one group that is exempt from any kind of illegal practicing or any kind of entrapment or anything? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, that law changed, and that's the insurance company's insurance representatives. Adjusters themselves yep. have nothing that holds them accountable. Hold harmless, yeah. no matter what their actions are. Yep, yep. And that is what we as Texas voters and as Texas consumers who purchase property insurance uh, products, that is why we need a loud voice in our legislators uh, ear every day to get this thing back to where it's in some type of normalcy. So building owners, here's the deal. If you have a claim, have your contractor come out, contractor of, of choice that you've selected by researching, are they licensed by the Ripping Contractors Association of Texas or are they endorsed in the state that you have? Do they have liability insurance? Are they certified by the manufacturer of the products they're installing? Check it out. Then, if they say that, yes, there is damage, warranty is no longer covered, uh, maybe there might have to be some minor repairs to mitigate any further damage with rains that may come through, have the insurance adjuster come out. If the insurance adjuster comes out and says, yep, and goes ahead and write the claim up and all that, you're good. Mm-hmm. Work with your contractor directly with them, not your contractor through the insurance company, and go ahead and get the repairs done. And that's the way it should be. That's the way, it, yeah, the way it should be. 99% of chance that's not. So what's going to happen is they'll come out, they'll deny the claim. You go, well, maybe we got an inexperienced adjuster. Maybe 
he was told just deny it don't regardless and then you got to do a reinspect and at that time that's when i kind of say well let me get another opinion and second opinion as well because maybe i could be off mm -hmm. and if that second opinion says yeah you know it's damaged and of course that second opinion would come from either another contractor that i work with or a public adjuster that would actually have to come out and defend it yeah um, then that second one, they'll obviously deny it again, and then you got to go through the process. So let's take a little break, and we come back. We'll go through what a contractor can and can't do, can and can't say, and we'll help get you guys educated on that. All right, good deal. We'll be back here shortly. All right, everybody, we're back. All right, Dave. Well, tell us about the uh, we're, we're canning. Back, we're back and mic'd up a little bit better. We yeah, were, yeah, yeah. We were told we were a little soft. Which, yes, uh, hopefully that's coming through loud and clear. Sorry yeah. about that, guys. And can y'all imagine me being a little soft? Yeah, I, mean, gee, I don't really. know about that. I think John yeah, was loud there enough. There we go. I don't know about that. But yeah. Okay, so we were talking about, hey, what, are, what can contractors do and don't do? Again, general contractors, ripping contractors. Even foundation companies, they're not licensed, regulated, or have any, any such accountability here in the state of Texas. In other states, it's different. So one of the things, uh, property owners are like, well, okay, how do I know? All right, here's the deal. They're, this is so, it's kind of so simple. The red flags are real, real right there. If they knock on your door, don't answer it. Send them away. That's the first one. Door, door knocking is not where you want to find your roofing company. I think that's the biggest one. <laughs> if they say anywhere that they're insurance experts, uh, experienced in dealing with insurance adjusters, uh, again, I'm reading this from what Karen Ensley, an attorney with the North Texas Roofing Contractors Association, has put together. Uh, if they say that... Um, they have a, a licensed public adjuster on staff or they're licensed public adjusters as well. Uh, any of that is some pretty good red flags that, uh, and of course, the, the ultimate one, and I know you hate hearing this, but it's true, it's the first step towards insurance fraud is they'll say they'll waive your deductible or they'll absorb your deductible in some way. That's, the, that's how they start cutting corners, and that's how corners get cut. You got, if, if I got to take care of a deductible. It's going to have to be focused off of doing your roof the right way. Uh, what, what, what does what does cutting corners mean, Dave? Well, every are, are, are you trying to say that one of them corners may be uh, I don't know, maybe leave my old drip edge up there, or, yeah, or maybe yeah. leave my old roof beat up, banged up. Uh, metal roof vents on there and paint them for me. Yeah. Make yeah. them look real pretty. Could be that. Not ventilating properly, not putting on the correct uh, ridge cap sizes. Every manufacturer has specifications of how their roof system is to be installed. All right, everybody. Now, now kind of like, uh, <laughs> really listen up because Dave is hitting the nail right on the head here. Go ahead. Every roofing system is what, Dave? Every roofing system what? is specified by the manufacturer of how to properly be installed. So it's kind of like taking a, 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 a part off of a Ford truck and trying to put it on a Chevy, mm -hmm. right? That's they right. They just don't swap out, do oh, they? Oh, and they, huh? don't, they don't like it either. The, those Chevys and Fords, they nah. fight. Ah, they uh, they'll spit no. the, the nuts right back out. So, so there's a little mental picture for everybody to think about. You know, you can't, 
Roofing system or roofing systems, and as Dave said, the manufacturers are the ones that have come up with this concept of how they want their components all put together to give you that warranty that we're all looking for once that installation is completed. Now, roofing system is not taking shingles off and putting new shingles on. Say what? Exactly. Say what? It is, that is not a roofing system. Holy smoke, did you hear that? So whether it's new construction Jeez. or it's in damaged construction that's being replaced, it's got to be put on as a system. Indeed. And so this is where, so now I'm painting the picture for you. Two chucks in the truck are not going to understand a roof system. They're not going to have liability insurance. They're not going to be able to, to even purchase material commercial-wise. You have to be certified and, and then tested and everything. So think of it this way. When I, when I taught the Texas Department of Insurance fraud investigators a couple of weeks back, I tried to figure how do I make this point across that just because they say they're a roofer doesn't mean they're a roofing company or a roofing contractor. So, folks, if you don't know, these fraud investigators that are going out and, and busting public adjusters and attorneys and roofing companies, they are state police officers, which means that they're special investigators for the state of Texas in insurance, and they carry handguns, badges, and handcuffs, handcuffs <laughs> just like a police officer. Handcuffs. So when they come after a contractor, they're coming after them. So to make my point to them, I simply said, as, as I began to, the training and understanding there's a roofer who is just two chucks in a truck with no accountability, license, or anything, and then there's a roofing contractor that has credentials. I went up to him and I said, I want to be a TDI officer today just like you. Can I just have your handgun and your badge and your handcuffs, and I'm going to go play TDI officer. Good point. And, well, you, it was funny to watch their reaction. They're like, oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what a roofer is. Someone uh, today decides that's what I'm going to do. And there's there's nothing in this state preventing them otherwise. Well, you know, Dave, there used to be an old saying, hey, landscaper yesterday, roofer today. Yeah, that, the, the, the hailstones fall, that's where the, you'll find them. Okay, so here are the things you want to look for. Um, do they have a local business for the last couple of years? Do they have a letter from the manufacturer that says they're certified to provide a warranty? So a roof system is all of the components made by the manufacturer installed to the manufacturer's specification of how to do it. And of course, you get the manufacturer's warranty afterwards. You don't get the contractor's warranty because a lot of the warranties are the taillight warranties, right? Exactly. Ben? Yep. They're only good until you can't see the taillight of that truck anymore, and then your warranty's gone it's with it. done. So you say, well, oh, but geez, they waived my deductible, and oh, geez, I didn't have, I had a free roof. It's gonna cut, it's gonna hit you in the end. And <laughs> Texas Department of Insurance is doing a great job getting out there and getting after it, and property owners are gonna be held accountable as well if they have knowledge in this. It's coming. It is coming. So when it's coming. the contractor comes out and says, hey, I can take care of this claim for you. Let me tell you what they cannot do. Because I can. I can meet with your adjuster, and I like to, and go over damages that I find and what's the best way of, of repairing it or replacing it, what's going to work in, in you as the property owner's best interest in that. I don't have, there's not a problem in doing that. 
But what you can't do as a contractor, and Kevin, why don't you put that back up on the screen, is you cannot discuss what the insurer's policy may or may not, should or should not cover. Biggest thing, I hear contractors will say, hey, I've got to replace that drip edge. And the insurance adjuster will say, no, we're not paying for that. Okay. I, want to, I need to see that policy. You as the public adjuster, not me as the contractor. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, but that, now that's the, what they're trying, that's what they want. Now, the property owner can request it. Correct. And I go back to the property owner and say, look, I'm going to replace your drip edge. I'm going to charge you for it. And here's the reasons why. It's a roof system. We have to take things off in order to put it back on correctly. It's got to be replaced. I get it that roofing companies, when they're waiving that deductible, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't replace gutters and downspouts and turbines and all the other stuff because they're trying to cover that deductible. The right way of doing it is putting a roof system back on. But as a roofing contractor, you cannot discuss what is in the policy of the property owner. Don't even look at it. Here's another tip. When the contractor that you select comes to your property, if they ask for your insurance estimate, they've just lost. Go to the next one. Yep, they need to go. They don't need to look at your insurance estimate. And why is that, Dave? Because they're a contractor. They need to make their own estimate. You mean I don't need to depend on the insurance adjuster to tell me how much uh, and what all I need? No, and I wouldn't depend on them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even bother. Uh, they're going to come in 20% lower if they even if they even recognize there's damage, their pricing is already about 15, 20% lower. Have you experienced that, John, as a yes, public adjuster? I have experienced it on numerous occasions. Yeah, they're already going to be coming in low. A contractor cannot insist that the insurance adjuster authorize any particular items of the work to be included in the repair. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, roofing contractor cannot engage in any discussions with the adjuster about why they have an obligation to pay for overhead and profit or any other items in the bid. Now, I've heard that a, a, a few times in, uh, in El my day. Elaborate on that. What, why is this OHMP, overhead and, and profit, why is that such a controversial issue? <clears throat> well, Dave, uh, as I can always say, is it's my opinion and my opinion only, but I honestly believe that uh, there's been such a large-scale abuse in the property insurance casualty business that the carriers once upon a time used to pay contractor overhead and profit. And as I said, I, I got involved in this business in 2005, but I heard before I got involved is that they, it, it was just a healthy uh, line item and they all agreed that uh, overhead and profit should be paid. But once again, like everything else in this industry, uh, because of, of people doing or behaving badly, uh, our industry has changed. And so that is why a contractor overhead and profit normally doesn't get paid. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dave, let me interrupt before you go to the next one. I honestly believe that what you just said, as a general contractor, my numbers, including material and labor, somewhere in there, figure up your overhead and profit. And I honestly believe that when a, a contractor hands over the proper estimate, 
that it is more, I don't know, it's easier or more acceptable to the carrier than it is me popping you another Xactimate estimate. You know, we because that's how it is. Xactimate estimate, Xactimate yeah, estimate, Xactimate estimate, Xactimate estimate. Back and forth, back and forth. And you know what? Well, and that's a great transition for the last two that Karen has put together. You cannot, as a contractor, not a public adjuster, but as a contractor, agree with the adjuster on some form of modification of my scope of work or agree with the adjuster on some form of modification of my pricing. So what that means is we come out as a contractor and we have the mentality of, I don't know if your insurance is paying for this, retirement funds, 401k, mother-in-law, I don't know how you're gonna pay for it. Just make sure you do. But here is what our assessment and our professional opinion is to get what you like back to the original condition. So there may be some modifications. You might want to change roof shingle types, colors, metal, standing seam. You may have different requirements of uh, your flat roof, your building. You, you know, I don't know your long and short terms, but we talk about all of that as a contractor. And then we put together a scope of work and the pricing, very competitive. Obviously, you can't be in business like us for 17 years and have the highest price. And then they, as the property owner, turns it over to their insurance company or compares it to the insurance company's estimate and say, I'm good or we're separate, we're apart. And if we're apart, I'd be more than happy to explain my scope. I'd be more than happy to justify my pricing, but I cannot, according to Karen anymore, legally agree with some form of modification of either one of them. Mm. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. Right on. Yeah. Dead on. That's it. And I know a lot of my roofing company owners, good friends of mine, that struggle with this. I can, I get it because it's not like it was back in the day. And, you know, you don't want to get a public adjuster involved because you feel you can't trust them. Uh, that draws the sales cycle time out. Um, you know, they don't know what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of that. I get it. And it's that triangle. Bad contractors, bad PAs, bad attorneys, bad insurance adjusters. Get it. But as a building owner, you've got to make sure you, you do a little bit of due diligence now because there's no free roof. It's your property. And you want to make sure that the premiums, it's called premiums for a reason. Yeah. Every month. Right. They're premiums that are paying to get you back to whole. Now, you can't make money on your insurance claim, right? Mm -mm. I mean, you can't you can't go make money on it. I mean, you can. It's like driving a hundred, right? Eventually, you're going to get caught. You get hundred I mean, miles. Yeah, yeah. Hour. You can go ahead yeah. and do, do anything you want to until you get caught. Well, and you can take the insurance will give you money to get going if you want to go to Hawaii on vacation and not do the work. You can do that too. Yeah, but the next time you file that claim, but you're not covered. Yep. You got. And you zero didn't do coverage. the work. Right. Guess what? That we comes around too. We ain't paying. So our purpose is, is to get the property owner to understand in this world of insurance, what are the do's, the don'ts, what you can do, what can't be done, and to get a little bit more educated, if you care, as to what contractor you use, how they get used, when does the public adjuster get involved, and how to make sure that the insurance company be held accountable more so than, than any laws that are out there right now uh, to make sure that you get what you, what you deserve.
Good point, Dave. Good point. Uh, really is. That's why you have me. Yeah, there you go. That's why I'm here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. So, hey, we we uh, we are going to do this every week. We are going to have some special guests on. Again, a credit to Karen Ensley. Uh, she's a, an attorney. She's out Let's of have McKinney. Karen on. Uh, love to have her. If you would like to discuss with her directly, her number is 817-538-6894. She was kind enough to put this together for the North Texas Ripping Contractors Association. Which is a good source for very good uh, source. reputable uh, roofing company. And uh, the Ripping Contractors Association of Texas is a Texas uh, licensing for roofing contractors that have to take class, has to pass a test. And the best thing is they're a little bit more vetted. They have uh, demonstrated a little bit more knowledge in roofing for residential and commercial or both. Uh, so it's a good source to go to because right now, if you hand your check over to a roofing contractor and he runs out, and he's a roofer, and he's not part of the associations, he's not licensed, you have no way of, of any having any recourse. They're mm -hmm. gone, and so is your money. You know, there's really not a, a an in-depth uh, search engine to check everybody out. I mean, because they show up on the no. Better Business Bureau. I remember when I was doing uh, the work itself, everybody said, well, you're, are you a member of the uh, Better Business Bureau? I said, no, why do I want to be on there? Well, you need to be on there. I said, why do I want to be on there with all the crooks? Because that's the first place the cons go. <laughs> they know you're going to look at the Better Business Bureau, and you can pay for an A rating. It's not that hard. Yep, yep. Uh, there's just a lot of things that... Uh, well, if the contractor says, hey, we're licensed and bonded. That's a flag. Because <laughs> why? Texas is a non-licensed state. Non-licensed state. So maybe they're licensed by the Ripping Contractors of Texas, RCAT. Okay, check it out. Make sure. Bonded. Bonded just means that you can get insurance for ever so much money, and it's usually for government or school-type work. You don't get bonded to do roofing work. You know, Dave, we've had a rash of storms come through, especially last week. We've had uh, two uh, hit at my house uh, in the last two weeks, and uh, anywhere from pea-size hell on up to quarter-size hell. And uh, something that that uh, is starting to come come out again is uh, contractors meeting with uh, insurance adjusters again, and I I kind of I kind of agree with with this here, but I'm going to throw this little tidbit up to everybody, and that little tidbit question is this: When the insurance company and you call in, you file a loss, and they speak to the person on the other end of the phone. What does the insurance carrier tell you? Do they tell you that they're going to send out someone and then do they identify who that someone is? And here's why I say that, because you as a consumer, when that insurance company comes out to your home, they're going to have an adjuster, right? They're not sending out a contractor. So my question to you is, why do you want a contractor who is not licensed, who cannot discuss legalities of your insurance claim? Why do you want a contractor representing you to an insurance carrier's independent adjuster who is licensed and who can talk about policy, which, by the way, every property casualty insurance policy that is in the state of Texas is a legal, binding, enforceable contract. Once again, a legal, binding, enforceable contract. 
which can only be, once again, discussed between three parties. One, the insured, you, the Texas consumer. Two, me, the public insurance adjuster. Or three, a reputable first-party plaintiff attorney. Those are the only three. So my suggestion to everyone out there, if you really want a pain-free process and filing an insurance claim, then I strongly recommend that you get a public insurance adjuster or a legal representative involved and not a roofing company contractor because they cannot discuss legalities of the policy. And it would be different if it was just a roof replacement. But since you're dealing with an insurance law, it's a whole different ball game. So that's my opinion. That's my two cents there. And that's after the the claim's been denied. You don't need a public adjuster or an attorney right at this onset of the damage. You know, I, I, I've shared this with you before. I would probably agree with you on that, but the problem that I have with it is we don't get that first round when we're on the clock, and we got we actually got them on the clock that first round. But the minute they close that claim file, Dave, it's like pulling teeth out of a tiger without anesthesia. They just do not show up anymore. I can't tell you since last year, since the law changed, how many times I've had the insurance carriers examiner say, well, Mr. Irwin, you send us over your estimate and we'll give you a reinspection." And lo and behold, I sent them over the estimate and I wait and wait and wait to hear from them. And guess what? They never call you. So you call them back and you say, hey, where's my reinspection? They say, oh, you know what? We're not going to give you a reinspection. Thank you very much. Well, then the only thing left to do is to, of course, go and get legal to get involved and get the people back to the table. So that's the only reason I like getting involved in the very beginning, Dave. As a public insurance adjuster, it gives me a little bit more leverage. But you're right. You don't have to have a public insurance adjuster involved, but it goes back to what I just said. When, when that adjuster from the insurance company gets there, my opinion, it'd be a lot better a lot better to have that public insurance adjuster there along with your roofing company representative to help. Well, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think a contractor can go out and say, look, there's damage. You don't have a warranty on this material. Oh, I agree. I, I, Whether I'm, it's I'm not, metal. Do not disagree with that at all. Flat roof, membranes, what have you. The adjuster comes out and says, no, I don't see any damage then that's probably when you got to go, okay, building owner, here's how this is going to work. Mm -hmm. They're going to go back, do a reinspect, deny you again. We probably should engage a public adjuster um, to come out and at least give us a second opinion before you do a reinspect. Now, let's say you come out and go, no, 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 man, that's bird poop all over. That causes that. Okay. But if you come out and say, man, I, this is definitely defendable, and then you have a chance to look at their policy to make sure they're covered because a contractor can't look mm -hmm. at the policy. You may look at the policy and say, hey, that is damage, but their insurance premiums are not paying for it. That's a whole different deal. That right is now. a whole different okay, deal. I get that. Uh, but I think at the onset, and, I, and I'm with the uh, an attorney that uh, represents insurance companies where he says, you know, give them the first chance. Give them a chance. If they come out and they go, yep, and they make it right, that's what that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to work, exactly. 99% uh, of the time that's not. Maybe that'll start to change. As they see, as they see the behavior of roofing companies 
and public adjusters changing correctly, maybe their behaviors will start changing as well. So we're, we take the lead on that. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it started and it's been, it started what, 2015, I think, whenever we first started the uh, show, or the January 1st of 2016, when this kind of like evolved from the tornado that hit out in Rowlett and Garland. Uh, December 2015. And a lot of great progress has been made from that. I mean, I, I taught those uh, fraud investigators two weeks, not even before that happened, and, and they were so spot on, working with the city's officials, building officials, police departments. They have got some great stories that they are still telling today on the success from that, from just a little bit of education like we're doing right now. They were able to go out there and, and see and think and identify because, as I told them, when I'm done teaching them, you know more than a roofer. Mm -hmm. Not so much yeah. a roofing contractor, but you'll know more than a roofer. And, and they did, and they had it. Uh, and so as these storms come through now, some of the cities adopt them and say, man, help us. Some of them still are like, yeah, I don't, you know, we got this, and they don't. They're building owners, property owners suffer from that. But there, there are some great things to be put in place. And it's a correction that's got to take place. And it's, it's hard. I can tell you there's many times I'm at, you know, our association meetings and I, I stand alone. I, I stand alone because some of the uh, folks just aren't wrapping their minds around this and think I'm the bad person. But it is what it is. And it's just going gonna, gonna to come together eventually. You know, you mentioned that uh, before we came into the studio today. Uh, you know, my mentor, uh, Don Wood. Mm. Uh, yes. I met Don in 2012. Excellent guy. And uh, anyway, uh, ah, you got a copy of it. That's right. Uh, yeah, he put out his resignation. Talking about associations. Yeah, from TAPIA, which is the Texas Association of Public Insurance Adjusters, yep. which he was prior president of as well. Yes. And, and he's, uh, he's resigned because of the uh, the practices of that association, uh, and he doesn't want to be aligned with it. Well, you know that's that's uh, pretty much like uh, on your, uh, you know, the North Texas and on the uh, on the roofing, RCAT Association of Texas. Uh, members want to do the right thing. And then uh, members expect, but because their, of politics, we, a lot of this is politics. Members expect their boards to do the right things and to educate the members on what is the right thing, and to be able to provide resources to those members that are paying a fee for them to be taken care of correctly. So whether it's Tapia or ARCAD, North Texas Roofing Contractors, they have memberships that they're accountable to. When you get on that board, you're elected to it. It's not for fame and fortune. It's to make sure that those memberships are getting represented well, getting the resources they need, and have a place that that board is taking care of them. Make you wonder sometimes how many, uh, how many board members have taken their own personal interests uh, and put it in place instead of taking the members of the board, uh, the members of the association, and, and, and putting the group's uh, uh, mindset first instead of the one individual. Well, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes 
learning something can be very difficult. A change in behavior can be very, very hard. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's got to happen, and the correction's got to happen, not only with roofing companies, contractors, with public adjusters. There's a big correction that needs to be made there, attorneys as well. Uh, and it's just going to be a matter of the right people, showing them how to do it correctly, and just waiting for them to come around to do it. And, and I think insurance will start to correct itself as well, because right now they're in such a defensive mode because it's been so abused. So much abuse has come out of it, and uh, they're immediately coming out in defense. And it doesn't need to be that way, because who is really getting hurt? What this whole podcast is for? Who? The consumer. Property owner is the one on the short end of that stick. And that's got to stop. That will stop. It's got to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always had this... Uh, uh, I don't know, dream, maybe, of, policy, uh, of deductibles and, and policy premiums, you know, being reduced, honestly, because I think that once we have legitimate uh, roofing companies or general contracting firms out there that, that will do the right thing, not saying that all, you know, are misbehaving badly, there, are, there is a, a, a small percentage of legitimate roofing companies out there they know how to do it and do it correctly. But it's unfortunate that they can't be competitive because of the waiving deductible that the contractors have in place and have had in play for, gee, day, what, 20 years, uh, it's the waiving, 25 it's, years? It's the waiving of the deductible, and you can't be competitive when uh, the contractor doesn't even pull a permit. A permit by the city is not a recommendation, it's not a suggestion, it's the law. It is a law. And if you build build yourself out with the intention of not having that cost, you're not, I can't be competitive with that type of contractor because we are going to pull the permit, we are going to obey the law and I refuse to bid against roofers that just don't uphold that, not going to do it. And, and property owners should, you know, you if that city requires it, you absolutely should do it. The city of Amarillo, they require a license by RCAT, that contractor, to pull a permit. Uh, we just did some work in um, Lawton, Oklahoma. They require a notary signature of the owner that is endorsed by that state. Awesome. Wichita Falls, they require a bond. So the cities are getting their wherewithal of going, hey, we're going we're gonna to vet these contractors ourselves because they're there to protect their property of their city. Mm-hmm. And so they're putting some things in place that, that make sure of it, that, that, that a roofer can't just come out and do work. A roofing contractor has to be able to come out and do work. So that's the difference between a roofer and a roofing contractor. Don't call me a roofer. I'm not. I'm a roofing contractor, roofing company owned, licensed, has liability insurance, has workers' compensation, because when any of those things happen on your property, if I don't have it, you don't have any recourse. Your homeowner's insurance isn't paying for it. Yeah, that's what a lot of them uh, will go after, too, if they get hurt on your, on your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will definitely go after your uh, property insurance, your liability portion, no doubt about it. 
Well, good. I think we gave some pretty good information today. Next week, we'll come back with a whole lot more examples and, and maybe some guests. Holy will, uh, smokes, this thing's already done. Give us, uh, give everybody a chance to uh, respond. And we'll have some really good guests in too. All right, everybody, we thank you for tuning in with us today. And uh, hey, join us again next Monday, same time. Look forward to seeing you. Appreciate it. Have a good day now. <laughs>